and welcome to the Post Party Project. My name is Amy Heinrich and I am your host. Join me as we chat all things postpartum, celebrating the highs and supporting you through the lows. Everything pregnancy and birth is just such an exciting time, but often chats about postpartum experiences get missed or overlooked because everything's about the baby, which we are also totally here for. But I'm here to hear you and hold you, figuratively speaking, and to listen to your experience. Think of this podcast as your safe space to share, vent, cry, laugh, and know that you're not alone. Now, let's get into it. Welcome to the Post Party Project. I apologize that this episode is a little later than usual, like later than planned. Um, For anyone who's been following along on my Instagram, you will know that we were moving. So yeah, crazy. I honestly underestimated how much goes into moving. I kind of thought that I would be able to stay on top of things and keep the podcast going. But oh my gosh, the amount of like cleaning and organizing and packing and just the overall exhaustion you feel from moving. I just did not have it in me to get this episode edited and uploaded. So Oh, I'm sorry, but it's here now and it is a great episode. I had such a good chat with Ebony, who you're going to hear from very shortly. Um, Also, I was then planning to get this episode out on Monday, but yeah, we've been feeling a little bit down. Um, We had to say goodbye to our dog last week. Um, She has been sick for quite a while. She got diagnosed with aspergillus, which is a fungal infection that slowly takes over your body, well, for a dog. And she got diagnosed when she was two and we we were told that she'd only have six months to live but she made it another two years so we're very thankful that we got to spend a bit more time with her but her time was up last week she just yeah was just deteriorating and stopped eating and yeah it was really hard so I just haven't been my usual upbeat self but I am feeling better and I am very excited to get this episode out to you today. So today's episode, we will get into it in just a minute, but in today's episode, I chat with Ebony who has two boys, Joey and Jaira. She had a pretty rough experience post-birth with Jaira when both of his lungs collapsed. Just so hectic. So Ebony spent some time and Jaira spent some time in the NICU and yeah, just a really tough time. Once they were uh, able to leave and went home for a couple of weeks, he was then diagnosed with RSV and he also had an E. coli infection come up. So that was a lot more time in the hospital for them, a lot of antibiotics. Um, Ebony is such a strong woman. When you hear everything she's been through, it's just oh, so hectic, the poor thing. I just, yeah really feel for her so horrible um i hope that you get a lot out of today's episode and you enjoy listening to ebony's experience also very exciting this episode is sponsored by stitch and straw so stitch and straw was started by a mother of three and her fifo husband and they sell the most stunning handmade handcrafted rattan homewares and home decor they have the cutest little bassinets and little doll um what's it called doll prams so ivy has a couple and they are her favorite she loves them they sell beautiful rattan mirrors and so much more you have to jump on their website and check it out they've also been so generous to give listeners of the post party project 15 percent off their whole website all you have to do is put in the code ppp 15 at checkout um, their website is stitchandstraw.com we are also 
very exciting doing a competition with them in a couple of weeks so keep an eye out on my instagram jump over and follow me if you don't already i'm at the post party project anyway let's get into today's chat thank you for joining me today ebony i'm so excited to hear all about your births and your postpartum um, experience so yeah thanks for joining me of course i'm so excited Cool. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Of course. So I'm Ebony Perno. I am married to my husband, Ryan Perno. Uh, we have two boys, Joey and Jaira. Joey's two, Jaira's four months old. And yeah, we live on the south coast of New South Wales and loving life. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, what were you doing for work and stuff before you had the boy- boys? Before I had the boys, I was a childcare educator. Just straight off from school. Oh, so have you always loved kids? Um, yeah, I have. I have. I have always loved kids and I've always done like babysitting and nannying. So, yeah, oh, it was inevitable to- that I would have kids. Yeah. <laughs> did you go back to it after Joey? Did I? Not, oh, no, I didn't. Oh. So I fell pregnant with Jaira when Joey was one. So I didn't like as soon as I found out I was pregnant again, I was like, oh, okay, not going yeah. back to work. No point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's go through your pregnancy. Do you want to walk us through your pregnancy with Joey? How did that go for you? Pregnancy with Joey was pretty good, actually. I, yeah, I had two very seamless pregnancies. I will, like, very, I don't mind being pregnant. (laughs) I can deal with the pregnant. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, past all, like, the tests that they do and, um, or actually, I just, I just fully lied to you. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, cough. I've got Jara's pregnancy in my head. Yeah. Joey, I was, I had really bad morning sickness. I'd pretty much spew every day up until I had him, even in labor. Wow. So that was not fun. But I think it was okay because I didn't really have nausea. It was more just I'd wake up, do a spew, and be fine. So I kind of didn't think of it as horrible. I was like, oh, well, at least I'm not sick all day. Yeah. So that's probably why I think they're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But other than that, two really nice pregnancies. Yeah. So no complications at all throughout? No. No. Yep. Oh, perfect. Um, so how oh did you first did you have a birth plan with Joey? Did you have an idea of how you wanted to birth? I think definitely first baby. I thought I wanted I did have more of like a plan, say I was like with how I would like for it to go. But then also I have so many friends who are a bit ahead of me. So I did have a lot of advice to be like, yes, have a plan, but also don't be stressed if it doesn't go because it's you can't choose your birth, obviously. That'd be nice if you could. But, yeah, so no, no, I would have loved, obviously, natural. I wasn't against any, like, pain medication during birth, if anything. I was a bit like... This is scary. Bring it on. Give me the give me the pain meds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's really all just healthy, healthy delivery. Yeah. That was my goal for both boys. Yeah. yeah. So um, how did you go into labor with Joey? I was two weeks over, so I was um induced. Oh yeah. yeah. Were you feeling worried in those as you kind of went over? Were you feeling anxious or worried at all? I wasn't go? anxious or worried. I was more as soon as they were like, so we might have to induce you. I was like, yes, please. I want to meet him. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, which in hindsight, I probably a bit more educated on that because my inductions were, I had inductions with both and they were both horrible. Yeah. <laughs> they so, were both. Yeah. 
was two weeks the maximum they'd let you go over or did you choose well, to go over or was that their thing? No, see, this is where I wish I knew more because they kind of told me we don't want you to go two weeks over but then after my birth with Joey and more I learned about it and when I got pregnant with Jaira I, and I did more research because I'm, like, young. I had Joey at 22, so I could have probably gone longer and it probably would have been a different outcome, but that's okay. I was excited to meet him, so I don't regret anything. It was me that was like, yes, book me in. Let's yep. go today. Oh, awesome. Yep. So yeah. as soon as they suggested it, you were like, yep, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yep. so how, how was that? What did they do and how did that how did that go? So we had an induction booked for Thursday night. So packed up the car, nice little drive up to Nara is where I birthed. It's an hour away because we don't have any local hospitals near us that have a birthing unit. So we had to drive an hour away, got up there and they induced me with the gel. So they wanted to try the gel and they put it in at like 6pm and they were like, check on you in six hours. That's how long they leave you. Six hours pass, nothing. So at midnight, they were like, okay, we'll do some more, see if that gets happening, did more. 6 a.m., nothing. Um, they were like, okay, we're only legally allowed to do like three lots of gel and then we have to like look at our options. So they did one more and then it got to 12 p.m. That on the Friday, so this is Friday now, and I was starting to have like tiny contractions. I was like, oh, yeah, it feels a bit like period pain. And then, um, but hospital was so busy and it was peak COVID. So they were like, you're sitting here, nothing's really happening. We're so busy. We have no birth room for you. So they were like, we want to send you home. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. In my head, I was like, I'm coming to have a baby. I'm leaving with a baby. And as we were, like, getting ready to go home, contractions started to pick up. And I was like, no, they weren't crazy. But I was like, okay, I'm feeling them now. And I was like, should I stay? And they checked me and I still wasn't, my cervix still wasn't even soft. They were like, it hasn't even softened to then start opening. They were like, so you can go home. Or if you're worried, book a hotel, basically. The whole like, book a hotel in Nara. Yeah, I've <laughs> never even like, heard of people, I've never even heard of have, someone having being induced and then going home. Like, Yeah, well, we later found out that it's not good practice. Oh, okay. <laughs> basically, yeah. I shouldn't have been sent home. But anyway, yeah. my body, in hindsight, looking back, it was good for us because we drove home, obviously a bit down. <laughs> we were like, okay, we're at home again. And what they told me was go to your local hospital Saturday, Sunday, and then come back to us Monday if nothing's happened type thing. And so Saturday, Sunday, just to make sure baby's happy, etc. Woke up Saturday morning at like 3 a.m. to like a wet bed. But because it was 3 a.m. and I was so tired, I was like, oh, I wet my bed. I changed the sheet and went to sleep. Yeah. And then I woke up in the morning and I was like, why did you change the sheets last night? I was like, oh, I wet the bed. Like, that's so embarrassing. Like, it must be the gel. And he was like, are you sure it wasn't your waters? I was like, oh, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. And then, like, I went downstairs to go to the toilet and it was, like, dripping as I was walking. I was like, oh, crap, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think my waters are broken. And so I called them and they were like, yeah, come straight back up. Like, if your waters are broken, you need to be here. So next day, Saturday, we're like, all right, get back in the car, back up to Nara. And they did like a kind of like a pregnancy test to test if it was amniotic fluid. And they were like, oh, yeah, so it's positive for amniotic fluid, but 
and like they did like an internal as well check and they were like but we think it was just a little rupture at the back because you still have waters there's still you're still tight you're still like nothing's really happening contractions were picking up again though but they were like but now your waters have ruptured now you have to like have to stay because you've got kind of 24 hours to go into labor um yourself so then literally we just got put into I don't even think we we're in the birthing world because it was so busy at this age. I think we just got put into like a ward room to kind of progress, which was kind of nice in a way. We didn't hear anything, couldn't hear people in labour to stress me <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. And then we were just left for 24 hours basically, just like going to labour naturally, hopefully you do. It got to Sunday at around 6 a.m. because it was around 3 to 6 a.m. that I noticed my waters had broken. So... Sunday, 6 a.m., they came in, did an internal again, nothing. So they were like, all right, we're going to start you on, I think I have antibiotics on a drip. Just like they put a drip in, did fluids. Apparently I was super dehydrated um, and then did one round of antibiotics because my, obviously just to prevent infection. And then they were like, we've booked you in to get the Sintosin drip but that'll be at around 2 p.m. today. And I was like, okay. Got to 2 p.m., went into the birthing ward, got put on the drip, and basically it just went from zero to 100, obviously, because that drip is gnarly. (laughs) I was having contractions pretty much every minute lasting a minute, like on the drip. I lasted from about 2 to 6 p.m. doing that, and then I was like, no, I can't cope with this anymore. It's way too intense. So I got the gas and then morphine and then I was like no I just want the epidural like this isn't doing anything and they were like well it's 7 p.m our anesthesiologist what are they (laughs) yeah I can never say it properly yeah (laughs) yeah they have just gone home because it's a small hospital there's not one there all the time she lives in Sussex which is half an hour from the hospital so we'll call her back and I was like (laughs) oh my god just keep going like you've got this we'll call her back I was like okay Anyway, by the time I could even really think a few contractions in, she was there. Got the epidural at about 8 p.m. They left me to for four hours and then they came back and checked me and I was like one centimetre dilated. Yeah, so I was just like not dilating. Sorry, they checked me at, after two hours at 10 p.m. I was a centimetre. Obviously, they just let me to sleep because I had the epidural. I was just cruising at that point. They checked me at midnight and I was... They came in because the machines were beeping. And I was, they checked me because baby Joey's heart rate was dropping like pretty severely with each contraction, like he was in under like in distress. And they checked me and I was still, I was two centimeters dilated. And they were like, like you're only two centimeters. If you're at like eight or nine, we'd keep going and do it. But like they monitored contractions in the room with me for about five minutes. And yeah, his heart rate was like halving per contraction so they were like no we don't like it um do you give us permission obviously to take you in for a caesar mm. i was like yep and they're like okay we just have to call the anesthetist back so they oh got me ready <laughs> and like because i had the epidural it was so seamless she got here they just topped up my epidural with more hectic drugs went in and at 12 14 i had him so from yeah. midnight to, yeah so Super, super good Caesar. Like even the Caesar lady, whatever she's called, was like, oh, wow, that's a really – I did a good job there. Like she was stoked with it. And then, yeah, we were in hospital for two more days. 
went home. All good. He oh had no God. complications. Yeah. But yeah, it was just the hectic lead up. <laughs> so why, do they have any reason why they think his heart rate was dropping? Or was it just like too stressful for him or the I medication? think it was just the four days of like contractions. slow contractions yeah. maybe. Like yeah. they don't really have because he came out and he was totally fine, didn't need any yeah. intervention. Yeah. yeah. How, how were you feeling through all of that? Like did you, yeah, how did you feel through yeah, when you got that kind of when they said, do you want to have a C-section, were you yeah. feeling okay or? Uh, it was a bit like I didn't even consider a Caesar like previously, which is like not that you should always be like, oh, I'll consider having that because but I think I didn't even give it any thought because I just assumed like what's going to happen, like I'm going to be fine. So it was a bit of a shock. I was kind of a bit like overwhelmed and obviously when they told me then they left the room for Ryan and I to process it and yeah I was a bit up, a bit upset a bit devastated felt like I'd failed I know I didn't now but in the moment I was like oh like I can't do this like what's happening but yeah other than that like it was literally a flying thought and then once he was in my arms I was like I don't care like yeah. he's here and I was like what if the alternative for me was to be like no I want to try and something happened to him like yeah so I was just kind of like nope don't care yeah, not worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you feel after being in labour for so long and then having a C-section? Were you just so exhausted? I was so end? exhausted. <laughs> the midwives were really beautiful though. Like every time after he'd feed, they would take him for like two to three hours overnight so I could just get like a few hours of sleep because they knew yeah. how like exhausted I was. They just took him into like their office with them. They had fun. No, like, yeah, <laughs> I know that they all love the babies, which is yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they just bring him in when he needed a feed overnight. Yeah. And then in the day, it was peak COVID, like I said, so no visitors were allowed, which was in a way kind of nice. <laughs> it's like, we'll see when we get home. Like, we could just have the three days we were there just to be with each other, be with Joey, rest. Yeah. Did Was your partner able to stay or were you public or...? We were public yeah. and there was one room in the hospital that is a... Um, your husband can stay and we happened to get that room oh, and even in COVID apparently it's not allowed but for some reason they just said he could so I don't know it was all just like this the whole time he could stay yeah or the whole four days we were there and I was just like what the heck like that never happens in that yeah. hospital so, so it was, good I know it was so good I think he was a bit like could have been nice to get a full night's sleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah he wanted to go home <laughs> yeah <laughs> nah, I loved it he loved it <laughs> Um, how did you go when you got home? How did you feel? I felt really good. And, like, I, I don't even really remember any brutal pain. Like, I don't know. Like, I think I just had a real good recovery. I took it slow. Like, I I didn't really move off the bed or lounge, like, for at least the first couple of weeks. Like, the soup, we had hectic stairs, though. So, going upstairs, I was like, so annoying. <laughs> But only our bedroom was upstairs, so it was kind of like I just would go up there for night and then do everything in the day downstairs. But yeah, I had a really good recovery, really, yeah, really so good. good. Yeah, kind of um, too good to the point of like two weeks in, I was like, "So I'm not allowed to drive. I'm not allowed to do anything. This is so boring." <laughs> yeah. Did you go? Because um, I had a C-section as well. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I was okay. I don't know because I didn't know the rules around it. I thought you had to wait six weeks. But then I've heard other people say as long as you get checked off by the doctor, you can do it earlier. Yeah. Uh, but so I just I waited. Thought, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I waited the six weeks with Joey because I was like, I just thought that was 
like the law. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same. Friendly. I was like, is it illegal if I go out now? Is someone going to pull yeah, me over? <laughs> literally. But I, I learned with Jaira's C-section this time around, obviously because I had Joey, I was like, I can't be six weeks without a car. Like I've got another kid I've got to take to preschool, take to, you know, just get out of the house mm. um, and just go to the shops even, you know, like just little things. So I learned that it's not illegal. You can. You don't even have to be checked off by a doctor. It's just your in-car insurance doesn't cover you if you have a crash. Yeah. So you just have so to follow up. That's the risk your... you take, basically. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Do you know if it's individual to your car, like whatever, whoever you're with, or do you know? I think so. And yeah. I rang mine. I was with like Toyota Insurance or whatever, and they were like, "Yeah, no. Like, if you have an accident, it's not covered by us." And I was like, "Okay." So yeah. that's kind of. I literally would just go to the shops, go to the, and like the risk I took <laughs> yeah yeah how oh um, uh, yeah so how was your feeding journey with Joey good we breastfed um for 18 months I weaned him because I was like I'm about to pop with Jaira out so I was like yeah. you need to stop yeah <laughs> I'm wow. not feeding two babies <laughs> yeah because I've yeah. heard that um I've heard that sometimes your cycle can be a bit out of whack when you're breastfeeding did you find that at all or did you yeah, I didn't period? I didn't get period actually I got one then fell pregnant with Jaira oh wow so, are you guys trying to um, not trying but not not trying yeah yeah so like yeah you, you knew you wanted more so yeah, yeah. not wanted more and we were, once Joey was one we felt ready hindsight oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah like we felt good felt ready and yeah so we were just seeing what happened basically I wasn't tracking ovulation I wasn't <clears> doing it up well I didn't know because I didn't have my period but yeah yeah I got one light period and then um fell pregnant found out yeah pregnant. <laughs> so, yeah um so how did you feel uh going home with Joey did you have much of a support network with family and friends or do you feel like you needed more we had a we're super lucky with um support we have both Ryan and my parents live locally and we have great relationships with them and all siblings and so, yeah, so many people. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, many people. Good. So did you get lots of meals cooked for you and, like, help out like our We also have um, our church friends because we go to church and um, they organised, like, a four-week meal roster we oh, had so with friends and family. We had, like, a month of every night home-cooked meals on our doorstep. We were like, we don't want to have more babies just for that. Yeah, I know. I remember, like, being pregnant yeah, and having, so. like, people just, like, are so, like, are so great to you. Well, that was my experience as well. I'm like, yeah, no. I just feel like yeah. I love I love the love that everyone gives you. I'm it's like, crazy, I want this all the time. Yeah. I know. It's so nice. I'm like, just like, yeah, it's amazing. But, yeah, super good support network. Yeah, and I love the idea of meal trains and stuff. I feel like anyone who's pregnant should definitely look into because I think you can even set one up online and then you yeah, just send yeah. the link out on send Facebook. Or, yeah, or yeah. friends, yeah, and then just people can go in and choose a week. Choose a week. I'm like, this is hectic. This is so yeah, cool. So good. Um, is there anything that came up for you postpartum that you weren't aware of or didn't expect with Joey? Not with Joey, no. Yeah. No, I was... Like it was all pretty cruisy? Yeah. All pretty How was your um, mental health? Was it all okay as well? Yeah. yeah. Again, with Joey, it was all just I was fine with him. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, so I guess we'll go into Jaira. Yeah. Um, so how was your pregnancy with Jaira? His was good as well. I had no morning sickness. So for the first 20 weeks I was like, we're having a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find out the gender? 
We did with both. So with Joey, we got the like blood test to find out really early. And then with Jara, we were like, we'll just wait. Like, Like, were you planning to wait? Oh, you were planning to wait till birth? No, just the ultrasound. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're so impatient. But yeah, because I had no morning sickness with Jara, I was like, we're having a girl. Like, we were so, because I was so sick with Joey. And then I was like, anyway, but yeah. But yeah, yeah, good pregnancy. It was a little bit, little bit harder just tired wise, because obviously I had a one year old in Mm. the early days. And I also have rheumatoid arthritis in my knees and ankles. So like pregnancy doesn't sit well with that. <laughs> my friend has it as well. And she was like, when I was pregnant, like it goes into remission, fully goes away. And I was so excited. And then I was the opposite. And I was like, oh, okay, no. and you can't take any medication while pregnant. So it's like, you just have to ride the wave. So chasing Joey being pregnant, Jaira's pregnancy was a bit harder. Yeah. That, but I wasn't working so I could relax more. And but yeah. Yeah, I always wonder, like, being pregnant again now with a toddler, how did yeah. you, like, were you getting up in the night to Joey and then needing to pee all the time as well? Was sleep just non-existent? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Joey, like, my whole pregnancy was so, well, obviously for the first six months of it, he was feeding. So if he woke in the night, Rai couldn't settle him. Like, he would just scream for me. Yeah. So, yeah, it was. It was like that was another reason I was like, all right, we've got to wean Joey because, like, I need him to be able, for you to be able to, like, right, to be able to settle him before mm. I have a newborn. I'm not waking up to a newborn, waking up to Joey. Like, I yeah. was just like, all done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But yes, you did. You wake up for everything. <laughs> yeah, and so because you had a C-section the first time, did you decide to go straight into a C-section again or did you change anything mm, around? No. So this is something I kind of really fought for because I had I had the nurses or the doctors and midwives at Nowra saying if I reach 40 weeks it's a c-section like not even induction not even like they won't even let me try basically unless I go into labor naturally before 40 weeks and I was like "Mm." like because of my last induction how crap it was I was like and I wanted to try for a feedback. That was one thing in my birth plan for Jaira. I was like, I would love to at least attempt it. I've waited the amount of time that's like required, healthy pregnancy, like no complications. My scar looked great, like all the things. So like I was cleared to try it. And they were like, well, if you want to do that, then you have to birth in Wollongong, which is two hours away. So I was like, (laughs) okay. So I started all my appointments in Wollongong, started going to see them in Wollongong. Wow, two hours for all your appointments as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. I was like, that ended in Caesar anyway. I was like, ah, what's the point of that? It's fine. But um, I started doing all that. And then at like my 38-week appointment, I saw this training obstetrician in Wollongong for the first time and he was like getting all my info and he was like, why have they been telling you that you can have a induction? And I was like, I don't know, like I've passed all the things and he was like, no, your births are too close together. Silly me, should have asked more questions. I just went straight to devastated. I was like on the front of right crying saying, I'm not allowed to be induced even in Wollongong. If we want to, we have to go to Sydney and I'm not doing that. Like rah rah rah. And then I he was like, go back 
on your way home, stop in at Nowra Hospital, which is an hour from Wollongong, hour from home, and book your C-section. And I was like, okay. So I was like just devo by myself driving home. <laughs> um, rocked up at Nowra, had to wait there for like three hours until someone would come and see me to book it. And then the obstetrician came out and he was like, so why are we booking a C-section? I thought you wanted to be induced. And I was like, yeah, I do. But they told me in Wollongong that they won't even induce me because my labours would be too close together. And he went into my profile, looked at all the notes and was like, he's put there that Joey's nine months old, like my firstborn. Yeah. I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, he's put that Joey's nine months old. I'm like, that doesn't even, they had bad math on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like got pregnant the day after he was I'm born. Like, he was like, I know. And I'm like, anyway, and I was like, ah, so annoying. So then went back to Wollongong. The same day? No, the next day. <laughs> okay. They so were like, come up, we're, uh, we'll book your induction. I'm like, why do I have to go to book an induction? Apparently you have to do it face to face. Anyway, went back, booked it, and then... Because of all that kerfuffle, I missed. I would have that day before I had to book my induction to be able to be induced before 40 weeks because they book up really fast. So in hindsight, it was actually a blessing in disguise because by the time I got back to Wollongong to book my induction, there was no spots until I was 41 and a half weeks. And I was like, yes, that gives me more time to go into labour naturally. So all was fine. Went home and basically just waited it out. Got to 41 and a half, a bit before 41 and a half weeks, and I went into labour naturally. Oh, wow, awesome. Uh, well, about at 41 weeks, I started losing significant size pieces of my mucus plug. And I was like, it's happening. And I didn't get any of those signs with Joey, obviously, because I just went from zero to being induced. Yeah. So I was like, yes, like I thought it was happening. Well, it was happening, losing all that, and then... But then it was like 11 p.m. on the, what day did I have him? 20th, 19th. 11 p.m. on the 19th of June and I woke up to a like contraction and like not just a little one. I was like, oh, my gosh, I had to grab the side of my bed, like breathe through it. I was like, what is happening? My partner had just that night, he was like, I'm going to stay at work till like 10, 10, 30, 11 just to get work done in case we go into labor in the next few days. He gets home at like 10.50, falls asleep. I wake up at 11 p.m. He's on like 10 minutes sleep and I'm like having this mad contraction. He was like, are you serious? I was like, this was your choice to stay at work till 11 p.m., boy. He was like, I was like, that's one contraction. This could go on for two days. Like you never know. So I tried to fall asleep and then literally three minutes later, another hectic one. And I was like grabbing the side of the bed like, oh, my gosh, I think this is happening. And he was like, okay, we'll wait a little bit. And like three minutes on the dot, I was like, I've got to start timing them. Like they're coming every three minutes and really intense. Like I have, like having to stop, pretty much can't talk through them. I was like, what the heck? Like I thought I'd get a little bit of a lead up, like a bit of a, you know. And then for about 20 minutes, they were every three minutes really intense. And I was like, okay, if this is going to continue, I want to go now to the hospital before. They're like a minute apart in the car type thing because it's an hour away. And Ryan was like, all right, I'll call your mum because she was going to come over and just stay in our bed for when Joey woke up the next morning. And so, and then, so yeah, we literally, by 11.30, we were in the car 
on the way to Nara, I was contracting by that point every two minutes on the dot. And I was like, this is hectic in the car for an hour. We <laughs> 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 got on. Got to the hospital. It was like 10 minutes to get in there because at every two minutes I had to like stop and like hold on to. And then because it was late at night, we had to go through emergencies. So I had like everyone looking at me like, oh, good luck. I'm <laughs> 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 Look at me. <laughs> Eventually got around to the birthing ward and they checked me and I was one centimetre dilated. And I'm like, oh, not this again. And I was like, <laughs> And I was like, I said it was to be expected because I it literally just started. Like by the time I got to the hospital, I was like, well, I've only been contracting for two hours. Like, yes, they've been two minutes apart, but it's only been two hours. So, like, I didn't expect to be like ready to go type thing. And, but yeah, like pretty much straight away, I was like, I need the gas. Like, I was like, not putting up with pain again for longer than I need to. So, I got the gas straight away. Handled that until like 2 a.m. and then I was like, all right, morphine, <laughs> yeah. put it in. Um, did that until about 4 a.m. and then I was like, epidural, please. <laughs> like that was just a minute apart. Wow. No drip, no nothing, just naturally a minute apart. Yeah. And so annoying because I'm like wanting to get in the water, wanting to do all this stuff, but because they were a minute apart, I like by the time one stopped and I caught my breath, they were like starting again, so I didn't want to walk to the shower. I was like, yeah. right there, but I was just like, don't move. I don't want to stay here. Like, I'm just like, no one touch me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we got the epidural um, at about 4 a.m. And then at, obviously, with the epidural comes a catheter. Like, you have to have a catheter in. And at, 7am they came in and checked me and I was like four centimetres dilated. I was like, yes, like that's the furthest I've ever, like, ever got Joey. Like it's actually working. Yeah. So pumped. And then as the midwife was about to leave, she was like, I'll just drain your catheter bag um, because that's been about four or five hours. I was like, yep, yeah, sweet. And she lifted up like the gown and was like, oh, shit. And I was like, what? Like, well, don't just say that. Like, what do you mean? She's like, I'll be back. And I was like right can you look and he's like no because if it's anything I don't want to see like right it's very very horrible with blood I can't even show him a cut on my finger without <laughs> it down yeah. so he's not <laughs> great support person from apathy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but so he was like I'm not looking because like I don't I don't want to faint on you and um doctors came back in and he looked and he was like ah and I was like, can someone tell me what's going on? Like, what's happening? And they were like, so baby's fine, monitoring really well, like doesn't seem too distressed, but your catheter bag's full of blood. So basically I was like peeing blood. Oh, God. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like what does that mean? And they were like, it can mean one of two things. It can mean your scar's starting to rip from the inside. Oh. Yeah, and I was like, okay, that scares the crap out of me because that was one reason I didn't want an epidural with Jaira's birth because apparently the pain in between, if there's pain between contractions, that's a sign of your scar splitting from the inside. But in the moment, I didn't even think of that. I just got an epidural and I was like, so then I was like devastated. I was like, oh, that's why I didn't want to get this epidural because I needed to know if that was happening. Like, they're like, it's fine. It might not be that. It could also be that. Because you're only four centimetres dilated and then your contractions are so hard and fast, 
baby, like usually they're so hard and fast when you're 10 centimetres, so baby's trying to come out. So he said baby could really be pushing and pushing on your bladder and like ripping it kind of. Oh, gosh. Ripping your bladder. Oh, <laughs> my like, God. Okay. Either way, they're yeah. both great. Like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, we've got to do something about it now. We can't just let you keep bleeding into your catheter bag. And I just looked at Rye. Rye looked at me and I was like, and they knew I was very, like, really wanting a VBAC because obviously Nara sent me away and they were like, oh, high maintenance, you want a VBAC, whatever. <laughs> so they kind of were, like, looking around and I was like, I kind of was the one to say, I'll get a, I'll get a cesarean if, like, it means I'm not going to die. And they were like, oh, okay, sweet. And I was like, you can talk to me about it. Like, I'm not, yeah. like, a, I'm not a psycho. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they are like, oh, okay, yeah, because that's probably, like, what we need to do, like, now, basically, because they were like, if your scar's splitting, and you're only four centimetres, you push the baby out, your scar's going to split open. You have a Caesar scar and you're sore down there. So they're like, and I was like, true, not good. And two, if it's pushing on your bladder, I'm like, not good. Like we can't, yeah. we need you to be um, 10 centimetres, whatever. Yeah. So basically I was like, yeah, will me in. Don't want to die. Don't want any complications. <laughs> I'm keen to get this baby out. So, yeah, again, with him, I had the epidural. So by 8 a.m., baby was out. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, did they-, and they said that they think my scar was splitting because as they were about to cut into me, they were like, because there's previous scar tissue, um, it can take longer to cut through all your layers. And I was like, okay. So they were like, so just hang tight. Like We'll talk to you. Again, I had another female um, lady doing it which was really epic, so lovely, like such a good vibe in the room. Um, and she was like, so I'll just walk you through it, say what's happening. And then we are like, okay, so Rai had a camera set up and he, like he was like, all right, I'll take that down or whatever. Like I don't need it set up yet if it's going to be a while. And then we literally start hearing crying. This is probably like a minute later. Oh, like what's happening? And she was like, your scar just was like, I cut and it just opened. I was like, oh so basically it was splitting from the inside. <gasps> that is so <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> I know. But she was like, it made for an easy delivery. So Ryan's like trying to get his camera like oh <laughs> set gosh. up, trying to do everything. And, yes, yeah, so he was crying. He was out. They lift, put, pulled down the blue sheet or whatever and I saw him. Ryan went over with him to cut the cord and do all the initial stuff. They started to stitch me back up and then they put him on my chest as well as they could. Obviously, my hands, I couldn't really do anything. Like, um, And then it's kind of really scary. Rai was still recording on his camera and about five minutes into the video recording slash five minutes of him being on my chest, I was like, is he all right? And they were like, yeah, yeah, like we've done all the checks all good, have cuddles while they stitch you up and then we'll get you into recovery. Dad can take bub for while you're in recovery and type thing. I was like, okay. And then obviously I was just in the moment like, hi, buddy. Like we didn't have a name for him at that point, so we were just like looking at him and it was crazy. As they put him on my chest, he looked identical to Joey. I was like, did I just birth Joey again? Like it was so (laughs) trippy. I was like, like, this is weird. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, I called the midwife over again. I was like, can you please, like, Joey didn't act like this, like, when he was on my chest. Like, I know every baby's different, but, like, he looks like he's struggling. 
And she was kind of, she was a bit annoyed. And she was like, oh, I'll check him. She like didn't pick him off my thing, but she was just looking at him. She was like, hi, buddy. And like, again, like he cried once initially when he came out, but then nothing. Mm. And they were like, she was like, cry for me. And he was just kind of like sitting on my chest and his chest was like going up and down like crazy. And I was like, it's not normal. And she was like, okay. And she just grabbed him off my chest and was like, please cry, like bashing him on his back. Oh yeah. And then gosh. this is all on video. I'm like, this is traumatic. I want to delete this video. Yeah. And then obviously, right, picked up the vibe, turned all the cameras off. And, um, yeah, they took him over back to that machine. They just put him onto way and everything. And then all I hear is, Dad, come with me. We're going to the NICU and I was like or wherever they take them to like assess them and Ra was like are you right if I go I was like heck yeah like I'm okay with this I've done this before like go with him like clearly something's wrong and then so I was just laying they got like a support midwife to come and sit with me on Ra's behalf she was lovely um went into recovery still didn't know what the heck was happening no one had come seen me it'd been like an hour now since I'd been stitched up and in recovery oh my gosh yeah, I was like, I don't know if my baby's dead, like Rye hasn't come back. I was like, what is going on? Like, And then it got to the half an hour mark of me being in recovery. I was fine. I was still a bit shaky, but that was just from the epidural. Um, and they were like, someone someone we know from that lives down here was on the ward that night and she came in and saw me and she was like, how are you? And I was like, oh, I feel like I can talk to you like, Jara got taken off me like an hour ago and I haven't seen him or heard anything. Can you go, like, find some info for me? She was like, oh, crap, yeah, of course. Like, so she went over to the NICU and um got all the information and then she came back with, like, a team of doctors and they was like, I was going to say they sat me down, but I was like, yeah, just see that. <laughs> they sat next to me. <laughs> yeah. And they were kind of like, okay, so... We just want to like prep you with what you're going to see because we're going to wheel you into Jara now, but he's like all tubed up, oxygen masks, tubes everywhere. Like, and I was like, what happened? And they said both his lungs collapsed <gasps> about five minutes after being born. Oh my gosh. So that explains like the chest palpitations. He was trying to like get air in, but nothing was happening really. And I was like, gosh, like they were like, it's recovered. We've got it recovered. Like they're both inflated again. Um, but we're just pre-warning you of what he's going to look like because he's not going to look like a normal baby laying on a bed. And I was like, okay. So they wheeled me in next to him and, yeah, he was all, like, tubed up in a little baby, I don't know, those baby things. It was kind of weird because I went through, like, the NICU and there was all these tiny babies and he was, like, big, like Joey, like 3.8 kilos. (laughs) So I was like, well, you're so big but look so sick. Um, but yeah, so basically they had to, they did as soon as they, obviously you, they know briefly what's going on, but they grabbed him off my chest, took him into the x-ray machine, x-ray straight away saw both lungs collapsed. So put, basically just put him on a bassinet that they saw and stuck a like catheter in his, not catheter, that's what, that's what I went out of, <laughs> cannula in oh, his yeah. side. Um <laughs> So literally just pierced it through skin and, yeah, and that drains all the fluid from the lungs collapsing. So all like they just drained it all and then gave him a, put the CPAP or high flow on to inflate his lungs again. So those two things inflate lungs apparently. 
And luckily both lungs were collapsed, but they only had to put the thing in one side and it did it for both, which sometimes they have to do both sides if the other side doesn't react to this one. But he only has only had one. And then, so I saw him for like, I want to say five minutes and they were like, your bed's really big. You kind of have to go to your ward now, but he has to stay. And I was like, and I was, that's why I was devastated. I was like, oh, like I can't just get up and go walk to him. Whereas if like I had naturally and it happened, again, I don't know if you can walk straight up the naturally, but my people I know were like, yeah, you probably would have been able to slowly walk over and like be in his room. So I just had to kind of leave him there. And then my partner came back in with me for a bit. Like he was, couldn't do anything with Jaira, weren't allowed to hold him or whatever. He was just recovering making sure all his oxygen levels and stuff were okay. And then Rai came into me for about an hour. I started hand expressing. Obviously, he was being tube fed because I obviously what was going on. But I would, well, still wanted to breastfeed. So they got me like expressing kits and like tried to get some colostrum for him. And then I did that for about an hour. And then Rai was like, I'm going to go back and see the baby. Still didn't have a name. I was like, yeah, okay. And then when Rai was gone, that he must have just missed, like, the doctors because Rai left and then doctors came in to me and was like, where's your partner? I was like, oh, he's just gone back to see Baba. And they were like, all right, well, um, he's good, but he's not as good as we want him to be. So we've got the helicopter on their way to airlift him to RPA. Oh yeah, gosh. and I was like, oh, and they were like, but you, you can't come. Like there's no room on the helicopter for a bed because of your Caesar and him. Um, so would you mind if your partner came with us or like can someone come up and be with you? And I was like, don't worry about me. Like I don't care about me. Like if he needs to get there, he needs to get there. Um, and then – they left and then Rai came back again, must have just missed. And he was like, no, like he's okay. Like he's just laying there. And I was like, are you going to go with him to RPA? And Rai was like, what? Like RPA? I was like, yeah, the helicopter was on their way, like to take Jara up to RPA for like more care. And Rai was like, what the heck? He was like, am I allowed to go with him? I was like, yeah. Anyway, called the buzz. I got the nurses back in. I was like, can you explain to us like what we're going to do? Rai, rai, rai. They explained to us, helicopters arrived, helicopter arrived. They came in, put him in this big, like, spaceship-looking thing. It was so hectic. And then, yeah, him and Rai left, got flown to RPA. I was just still – I happened – I managed to get about two meals of colostrum for them to take with him to, like, introduce it to him. And then, yeah, I just kind of – he was there – what day are we now? Wednesday. So that happened all on a Wednesday, Wednesday morning. So then they flew and then Wednesday night Rai called me and they were like, they're happy with how his lungs are inflating. He's responding really well to the care up here. So they're going to clamp his drainage cord. Um, They're not going to take it out yet in case it fails and his lungs collapse again, but they're just going to clamp it, see how he goes. Hopefully they stay up. They took oxygen off at the same time. So oxygen was off, clamped the cord. So basically breathing on his own. Mm. Um, and that was at like 8 p.m. And he was so fine up until 1 a.m. 
And then at 1am, they were like, he's going really well. Like he's like awake, like responsive, breathing on his own. So they were like, we're just going to take the cord out. Like we're just going to see, like we're right here. You're in RPA, NICU. Like he's going to be fine if it collapsed. Like if anything happens, we'll so, get him back. So wait, were you there at this point? No. Did you, oh, no. okay. You're still away. No, yeah. I'm still I'm still back at Nara. Rai yeah. was with him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they pulled the cord out. Again, I was asleep, so I learned all this. Thursday morning, but then they were like, yeah, pulled the cord out and he was fine. He was like, okay, he's like recovering really well. Like, this is amazing. Um, then they were trying to get me a transfer by ambulance to go see him. It was booked for like 12 o'clock Thursday. I'm like, sweet, I get to go up and like be up there. But now we're really hesitant to send me. And I was like, why are you hesitant? And they were like, well, he's doing really well up there. So we reckon you're going to get up there and they're going to send, like, discharge you. And if they do that and you've been discharged from us, discharged from them, you have to go home basically because we won't have beds for you. So they were like, oh, I just really don't want to send you because then if they say that Jara Baba can come home at the time, um, then if you're here, we can keep you here and then Baba can come back to us. And I was like, oh, I end of the day I wanted to go up to Jara I was like well if that happens okay we'll figure it out but I want to be with my baby they're like okay so it got to like 11 50 and Rai called me and he was like don't leave the hospital and I was like why and he was like they've literally just found an ambulance for us to come back to you guys and I was like oh my gosh this is like so much from my head because they basically said to get an ambulance transfer so long because that's about two and a half hours from Nara to Sydney um it's like could take two or three days because it's like, well, that's not priority. Like yeah. obviously dealing with people up here, but that it happened to be one that could fit the bar, Jaira in his bed and Rye happened to be one like five minutes before I was about to leave. So they were on their way back and then so now I was stoked because they didn't have to discharge me because I was just worried if they discharged me, they would fill the bed because they're so busy and I wouldn't be able to go back for just normal postpartum help basically after a Caesar. So then he came back, spent the night, Thursday night, in the like special care just for being monitored. And because I wasn't mobile, I couldn't like jump up if something happened or whatever. And I, by that point, I was walking. They got me up the next morning and I was like walking, had showered. So they would call my phone when he would need a feed, was awake. And oh, yeah, and also he took to feeding straight away, even after two days of being tube fed. Yeah, that's so <laughs> good. Boys like feeding uh, <laughs> like, the real stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he latched. He was going really well, and then they were like, "You can go home if you want." And I was like, "Oh, I'd feel really comfortable if I could have one night of him in my room." Mm like not in special care, being monitored 24-7 on monitors, like things on fingers, feet, like, and they're like, okay, that's smart. Like we'll take all his monitoring off and um, take the, they were content with how he was feeding. So they took the tube out and he came in my room for a night. It was all good. So we went home the next day. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So how how big of a period was that? Was that? Yes. So I went into labour 
Tuesday the 19th. And we were home Friday the 22nd. Oh, wow. Yeah, it happened like it was only an RPA for one night, came back, special care for one night, my room for one night, home. Yeah. So do they know? Even with everything that happened. Do they know what what caused that to happen? Was it just completely random? Completely random. Yeah. Yeah. They were like it could have been the – oh, the hard and fast labour starting contractions being so – but then when I kind of told my doctor that, she was like, eh, I, don't know, I think they kind of just made that up because, like, yeah. I'm, like again, it might have been. Yeah. But also, like, my doctor was like, if anything, it could have that could have been, like, a weird-shaped head or not like your lungs collapsing. Yeah. Apparently as well, it's just really common in young boys. Okay. Yeah. How, so, did you, how did you feel mentally with all that? Did you feel, like, a lot more anxious then going home with him? Yeah, a lot more. I was very anxious going home. I was like, I don't want to go home. And then I had Joey who's like, he's just so energetic yeah. and so intense, like in the best of ways. But like yeah. I was like, he's going to be all over him. What if he presses too hard on his chest? Like I had all these questions for doctors. Like, And also we've just come out of COVID and like, I don't know, where are you? Where are you? Uh, in yeah. Perth, yeah. Uh, so like, a little bit more of a bubble, but we <laughs> Have you guys had like a hectic sickness winter? Oh, yeah, I'm sick right now. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, there's so many now. sicknesses going around. Joey had just started preschool. I was like, is his lungs going to be able to cope if he gets sick? Like there's all these questions. I was like, Ugh. they reassured me that lungs are up. They work like normal lungs. They don't oh. have a memory of them collapsing, like, you know. So they were pretty content with you're all good type thing. Yeah. It's like, okay. So I went home. And it was okay. I got over the anxiousness, I reckon, two or three days in. I was like, all right, there's no point being anxious my whole freaking Like, obviously, I wasn't naive and silly, like, because of, well, it wasn't even because of the lungs, actually. He was, a like, a noisy breather from birth, and it scared a lot of people. They think he could have had, like, a small case of, laryngogitis or something it's basically called noisy breathing and it's when the um esophagus is a bit floppier than usual so it can like like lay over your breathing or whatever basically it just sounded like he was snoring the whole time and he'd take big breaths and so it was a bit freaky because it was just like are you breathing are you okay yeah <laughs> but yeah again like the i kind of got over the lung worry pretty pretty soon after i was like he's awake he's alive he's <laughs> You know, yeah. responsive. Yeah. When they're yeah. so small and fragile, though, I can imagine that would be so stressful. So did, stressful. Um, did he anything else? His, like, oh, sorry, yeah. keep going. Yeah. I was going to say he just had, like, all his, like, day sleeps on the little, like, cocooner baby out in the lounge room so I could see him. Like, he was, yeah. was in sight at all times. Um, did anything else come up for him with his health? Well, yes. So about... Well, about two weeks, I was like, he's really like, I thought I just had an amazing baby. I was like, he's waking up once overnight. He'd wake up in the day, he'd feed, be awake for like a minute, go back to sleep for like three or four hours. Like, And then we we're talking to one of our church friends who's a nurse and he was like, just keep an eye on it. Like it's very lethargic. Like, yes, he's a newborn and yes, it could just be totally normal, but maybe just like, just watch it. And if yeah. like, you notice anything or whatever. And I was like, oh, just because you had bad sleepers kind of thing. Like that's what I was kind of saying. Like I was like, oh, whatever. Like he's all good. 
Um, and then literally I think that next day I was like, Rai actually picked it up. Rai was like, I don't like how he's breathing. And I was like, I was going to ask you because last night when I was feeding him, like I was a bit like, what's going on? Like you're just not, you'd like unlatch to feed to take breaths, like kind of like blocked nose, but also anyway, I was like, Rai was like, I think you should just take him up to Milton Hospital and just get him looked at type thing. And I was like, uh, really? Like hospitals? I've just, uh. Rai was like, it's safe. Sorry. I was like, true, just go. So I went and they did like the COVID test, the RSV and influenza A or B, I think both even, and it came back positive for RSV. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I messaged Ryan. I was like, I'm not coming home. (laughs) I called Ryan. I was like, it's positive for RSV. They're not going to send a three-week-old who's had lung issues home. We're getting transferred to Nara. <laughs> There's an ambulance coming for us. And Ryan and I were just kind of like, okay, like we're doing this. It's happening. Like there's no point being like stressed or whatever, like just ride the wave type thing. So I called my best friend and she, I was like, what are you doing right now? And she was like, nothing. What do you need? I was like, I'm in hospital with Jaira. Can you go to my house? Rise packed me just a bag of stuff for an overnight bag. Do you mind dropping it off? Because Joey, at this point, Joey was in bed. So Ry couldn't just leave. Well, he could have. He could have woken him up. But, yeah. again, good support network. Well, we people yeah. who could <laughs> go and do that for him. So Michaela brought me up a bag of stuff and stayed with me until the ambulance arrived. And during this time, they have to do, like, routine bloods, basically. They had to... um do routine blood so they were trying to get like a cannula in to get bloods and it was like three failed attempts of getting a cannula in just to get bloods <laughs> i was like oh traumatic there's <laughs> needles everywhere yeah. they finally got the um bloods they needed and ju- in just routine bloods they get a blood culture which they send off just to in case there's something but because he was positive for rsv they didn't even really think about that. They did it just because they have to legally. Sent it off. Got to Nara. By the time we'd gone through emergency, seen the paediatrician, they assigned us to a room in the peds ward. And that was about 1 a.m. by the time we got there. We slept. He was being monitored all the time. We were in like a lockdown room because RSV was ripened like throughout the whole hospital. And then the next day he was pretty good. So he hadn't needed oxygen at all. Like there was babies in there who were on like high flow with RSV. Like he was monitoring it really well. And now like we think the safest place is home because he could catch other things here basically. Like and we're like, all right, like I was keen just to be home. Like I was like, I know what to look out for. Like, you know, all these things I'll just rush back if needed. And we literally, we'd left, I got my mum because obviously I didn't have a car. I was like, mum, can you come and pick me up from Nara? So she came, picked me up and we were like 25 minutes from home and a massive car accident happened on the highway blocking both directions. And then, yeah, we didn't move for about five hours. (laughs) 
Whoa. <laughs> like 6 p.m. And then they'd started letting what we got a, the police did a like come up to everyone's window type thing. By this point, everyone was just having picnics on the side of the road because <laughs> no one was going anywhere. But yeah, so they were like, we're letting one lane of traffic go for about an hour and then we'll let another lane of traffic go. So we were like, we better be first. And we were. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> So we got home and then as we were passing Milton Hospital, where my mum's car was, we were literally like, I can't even, I'm like, what the heck? I was turning, I had my blinker on, turning into Milton Hospital and I had a phone call from Nara Hospital. I answered it. I was like, hey. And they were like, where are you? And I was like, um, Milton Car Park Hospital, giving, like, letting my mum out. Like, why? And they were like, we need Jara back. Like, yesterday like he needs to be in hospital and I was like why and they were like his blood cultures have come back positive for E. coli so he's got a blood infection so he needs IV antibiotics right now oh my god oh my gosh like I was like are you guys aware of the car accident like we've literally just got to Milton Hospital from leaving Nara they were like six hours ago I was like yeah like we've been stuck in this and they were like crap so you can't even just turn around and come straight back I was like no I'm gonna be there in three four hours like and they were like, did you say you're at Milton Hospital? I was like, yep. They were like, can you present there? I'm going to get off the phone to you, call them, tell them what's happened, and they can give him his first round of antibiotics while we wait for an ambulance. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, the mum was just like, what do you want me to do? I was like, you just go. Like, actually, I was like, actually, can you go home and get me, like, a suitcase of stuff now because who knows how long this is going to be. Yeah. She went home, sorted all my stuff. I was at the hospital with, in Milton Hospital with Jaira. They were trying to get an IV in him to start the antibiotics and they tried like four times. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, can you guys just wait till we get to Nara because there's a peds. Like, they're just, they're used to dealing with babies. Like, yeah. you guys don't have that. So thank you for trying, but oh, yeah. you can't get it in. Yeah, <laughs> like, by that point I was like I can't restrain my newborn anymore like I'm not oh. holding him still while he screams like oh, sorry. yeah yeah so they were like okay so then Nara weren't happy with that they were like can you at least just give him a sh- you can do like just injection antibiotics just to get it into him yeah. so they just gave him like an injection antibiotics to start the first round got in an ambulance it was the same ambulance drivers as the night before they were like why are you guys back here why are we taking it an hour again and i was like <sighs> beyond me <laughs> we got sent home anyway um so got back up to Nara, got to pass through all the traffic obviously because we were in the ambulance and then yeah we started 10 days of IV. oh wow oh my gosh <laughs> it was so hard because he was so well otherwise like that next day he came back negative for RSV, everything. So he was done with that. It was just like a solid little baby, but having to be in there for 10. Well, originally it was just three. They told me that they would just give him three doses of antibiotics, so only one day, and they'll do another blood culture because they said blood cultures can get contaminated super easily. Like all it could, the guy doing the blood culture could have just touched it with his blood and it wasn't sterile, and it's grown a bug, and that's what it's showing. It might not even be in. Oh my gosh, might not even have it. Like, what, what is going on? And he's on? then been on 10 days worth of antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. lucky this was day one, and now like, we'll do another blood culture and we'll do it. Like, we've, he's got antibiotics in him now, so we can take our time, yeah. do it so sterile. Like, and if the same, if a bug grows, we know it's in him. Yeah. 
they did a second blood culture and it takes 24 hours to grow. So they're like, we're not sending you home again. You're here for at least 24 hours until we get these blood culture results. I was like, okay. And then I was in the shower the next day, hopefully thinking we're going to go home. Like yeah. it was contaminated. Like, of course it was. They tried to get bloods three times. Like it was definitely contaminated in my head. That's what was happening because he was well otherwise. And they were like, he'd be like, he'd look more sick, they reckon, if he had it because it can turn like septic and obviously oh. kill him. That's why they wanted it straight away. And then I was in the shower and I had like a knock on the shower door and I was like, Ugh, they're disturbing my shower. Like <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's about the the um, blood culture. And she, it was a nurse that I kind of, she was young like me and I got along with her. She was nice. It was a bit of breath of fresh air being in hospital. And she was like, I'm so sorry, but the blood culture has grown back with the exact same bug. So like it was a different hospital, different doctor that did it it's from gyra like he's got this e coli bacteria and i was like okay and they were like well um i saw again a training pediatrician after that and he was like even with this like because he's showing okay like he's not that sick we'll just give him three days three days i don't even think they said that much it was like two days two days of IV antibiotics and then you guys can go home. I was like, all right, did that. Literally they just came in every six hours and topped his IV up with antibiotics. Mind you, every day it came out so they had to find a new spot. Oh, <laughs> He gosh. lost his IV like oh. so much. It was oh. so horrible. Um, and then what even happened after that? So I was getting ready to go home. Like I was like, okay, Rai, you and Joey, like, they reckon I'll be – even the nurses, midwives, they were all like, yeah, you're going home. Like they had my discharge papers. Rye and Joey were about – Rye was like, I'll come when Joey wakes up from his nap. I was like, yeah, sweet, no rush. It was literally like this time, 12.30. And um, the main pediatrician who did his lung drainage came in and he was like, why are you back? You've taken up enough of my time, like, with your whole lung situation. And I was like, I know, I don't want to be here, but, like, that's what I am. And he was like, he was like, so E. coli, hey? I was like, yep. And he was like, how do you feel about having to be here for 10 days? And I was like, what? 10 days? I was like, I'm going home. Here's my discharge papers. And he was like, you're not going home. And I was like, what do you mean I'm not going home? And he was like, he's got positive E. coli like you need 10 days of like intravenous antibiotics like minimum I was like I just lost it I was just in tears at that point I was like what do you mean like all these like back and forward people not knowing anything I was like do you guys communicate like do you guys like talk to each other like what's happening and then he basically said to me he was like look go home if you want like it's up to you he's like would I recommend it hell no like your kid could, it could turn septic, meningitis. Like you, like you might not have a baby in three days. Like oh. he was like, and I was like, he was like, so the choice is up to you. And I just looked at him. I was like, well, I'm obviously not going to go home. Like <laughs> I'm here to stay. Like I was like, but I'll just call my partner. Like I just want to process it like with him or whatever. I called him and we're like, again, he's just, he's so good with all this stuff. He was like, okay, like it's hard. It sucks. Obviously, I want you here, but you've got to do what we've got to do. Like, it's fine. Like, 
you're well, it's recovery for you. Like, cause obviously you're not allowed to lift for six weeks post Caesar. So I was like in a way of recovering, not being around Joey. Cause he like lifting him in and out of his cot, like all this stuff. And, but then obviously I was just worried about like, we have our own business. So I was like, what are you going to do? Like you have to work. And he was like, I'm all good. Like, we've got people here. And, like, again, as soon as family found out, they just jumped on Joey. My mum had him for half the time. Rai's mum had him. Yeah. Everyone just had him. And he's just such a – he loves family and friends. So he was so fine. He didn't even realise I was gone, I don't think. <laughs> but, yeah, so we got put in our own private room, thankfully. They were like, you're going to be in here for a while. We don't want him to get sick with anything that's in the hospital. So here's your private room and we'll just see you every six hours to give him his antibiotics. And oh, that wow. Was, if he was well otherwise, it's literally the only time I saw nurses. Oh, my gosh. Um, I know. It was a bit, again, amazing support network. At least twice a day people would, we weren't allowed visitors still because of COVID. I'm like, yeah. it's not that time anymore. But anyway, still weren't allowed long-term visitors, but at least twice a day a midwife would come in and be like, this hot meal was dropped off for you or this goodies bag was dropped off for you. Yeah. Like one of my friends who live in Nara, she dropped off like this just massive bag of just like Lolly's chocolate chips and I was like, oh. Oh. So it was just, it was nice. It was like, okay, got me got me through it. Nine people were like flowers, deliveries. I was like, God, it's not me that's sick. <laughs> but it was just nice because it was very like mentally draining being in hospital. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, so he had overall 10 days of IV antibiotics, losing the IV every day. He got to the point, he got to day seven, and they were like, we've exhausted all options besides his feet. Oh, gosh. I know, and I was like, well, obviously I'm not going to say no. Like, And they were like, they showed me, they put a little red light under his palm and because their hands are so small, it just basically shines through and you can just see the veins. And basically instead of seeing veins, you just saw a big pool of blood pop the oh. veins. They were like, we've collapsed every oh. vein. Like, I know. I was like, okay, cool. I don't want to see that. They were like, so the good thing with the foot is though, they're not as like movie with it. Like they don't knock it. Like you feeding might be not knocking it. Like all these things. So they were like, we can get if we can get it into his foot, then they could they put like a boot on type thing to like nothing could knock it, move it, rah rah rah. And they were like, if this fails though, it'll be a scalp. Um <gasps> I know. A scalp IV. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is all too much. I just can't do it anymore. I was oh. like, okay, do what you gotta do like I yeah. trust you guys. Like, do the foot. Hopefully it works. They had, like, a team of five people in, like, holding his foot, like, and leg just so, like, they could hold it so still and oh, get gosh. this. They got all the machines around, like, light machines. So they could get the biggest, most perfect vein. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and they got it in and it stayed in. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I know. Like, but, yeah. I thought the vaccines were bad enough, but hearing that, it sounds so traumatic. I know, literally, I with Joey's vaccines, I'd made Raya come with me with Jairus through six weeks. I was like, I'm all good. Yeah. <laughs> he had four months one the other day. I was like, all good, don't come with me. I can hold him down for that. Oh, my gosh. How How is he now? Is he Has he been back again or what's happening with him now? Hasn't been back again, but he is our just little sick baby. He's oh. just always got something. Yeah. <laughs> he had a um, fungal infection on his face that was like a halo of just rash oh. and that 
he was just like itching and then that cleared up and currently we're dealing with a little cyst next to his bum hole and if that doesn't clear up by next Tuesday we're getting that cut out in Sydney oh my gosh the poor little guy (laughs) yeah but that's okay all these just little things I'm like oh with Joey we had none of this sickness yeah was there anything else that came up for you postpartum that you didn't expect with either of the boys So, like I said before, Joey, I was fine, cruising, support network. But then I think just with Jaira's birth, the hospital stay, there were, I definitely felt a lot more. I don't want to say, I don't think like I got to the point of like postpartum depression. Like I wasn't, like I went to doctors and I did like all the forms and stuff and I was fine. They were watching, but I was fine. I think I was, it was just, but, yeah, I, all I can explain it as my mental health was definitely more affected this time around. I was yeah. a bit more, like, uh, like down, wasn't as motivated, you Ooh. know. But I think that came with also I had a massive um, arthritis flare-up at about six weeks postpartum with Gyra, like to the point where I couldn't. It came up in my wrists this time and I'd never experienced it in my wrists before. So, like, I couldn't pick him out of his bassinet for feeds. Like, I couldn't even lift up my child. I was like, so I think that was the mental battle I was dealing with. I was like, what the heck? Like, I feel like this useless, (laughs) like, I don't even feed my child. Like, I'd have to wake Rye up at night feeds to be like, can you lift him onto me? Like, I'd have to do a lot of side feeding, like lying down. But um, I... Yeah. and I'm a bit of like a I don't not I'm not like this but I just I don't prioritize me especially like with all Jaira's birth history and stuff he was my main focus so I was like I didn't even I didn't even think to go to a doctor about me I was just kind of like this is I've got arthritis this is what I've got to deal with and when you're breastfeeding again there's not much I can take for it like I can take Nurofen and even then I was like, I don't want to be having Nurofen all the time because I know it still goes through the milk, but um, it's safe apparently. But so I would just take that when I was like really desperate. Yeah. And then it just wasn't going away and I was like, okay, like I can't actually like keep going like this. I was like, I've got Joey, I can't move, like I've got a newborn. I was like, I need to do something about this. And I think half my, what do you call it, half of my worry about going and seeing my doctor was that they were going to say, you're going to have to, if you want to get better, you're going to have to stop, like, feeding. Mm. And, like, I'd come to terms with that. Like, I don't actually, I'm not against bottles or formula at all. Like, Jara was tube-fed with formula for his first. Like, I'm not against it, but I think I just love the, convenience to be honest I'm just like it's just if I can do it and I I can and I know some people can't like my mum couldn't she didn't produce milk for all four of us yeah like her kids so like I'm not yeah I don't know but I was just so worried that they were gonna have to be like stop feeding and then we can deal with you type thing yeah and then I like finally I got a referral from my doctor to see a specialist Finally built up the courage to, like, call and book the appointment because, again, it was in Sydney. So, I was like, it's another trip to Sydney with a newborn. Rah, rah, rah. And then he was like, yep, you can come see me. My books are closed, but I'll see you because of your situation, but I don't have a spot till March next year. And I was like, 
okay, <laughs> that's not helpful right now. Went back to my doctor and she was like, no, nah, I'm not dealing, like I'm not putting up with that. Can I, do you give me permission to just find a specialist that will see you basically ASAP? And I was like, yeah. So she got me onto this one in Wollongong, so closer. And he said, I've got a two-week wait. And I was like, I can deal with that. Like if I have to take Nurofen for two weeks, I'll deal with that. Like Jaira will be fine, rah, rah, rah. And then he called me that day again for about half an hour after I'd left my appointment and said, this is like 12.30, and he was like, how long does it take to get from Oladala to Wollongong? I was like, about two hours. And he was like, can you leave right now? I've got an appointment just been cancelled for 3 o'clock. I would love for it to go to you. I was like, crap. I was like, he's like, do you need to call anyone? I was like, can I like say yes, but I'll just call my husband to let him know and call you back. Like, and he was like, yeah, I called right. And he was like, um, yeah, get in the car, go. Like, I'll come home. I just put Joey to bed. I was like, Joey's asleep. If you can just come home, like, and I can go with Jaira. My mom happened to not be doing anything. So she came up with me just obviously because I had a little baby. And I saw that specialist and on the spot, he prescribed me with these injections that um I do myself weekly. And they're safe. Then these new ones that are safe for feeding and being pregnant. So he was like, if you were to get pregnant again you can continue them the only annoying thing is is because i haven't seen my specialist since i was 18 i you have to be to be eligible to get a script to get these needles you have to be on prescribed medications for six months so he just gave me like a stash of their spares basically on the not like it's common like it happens it's not like illegal but he was like we can use these just to get you out of your flare-up basically and then start six months start these two that are these two medications that are supposedly safe for feeding start these and then after six months we can get you on your needles anyway long story short i'm on injections to help with that and they're working very well and i'm out of the flare-up and my mental health is thriving oh that's so good oh my god you've been through such a journey i can't even oh i was like to ryan no more babies well done yeah (laughs) Yeah. well um thank you so much for joining me today this has been so good to hear yeah your experience you're a very strong lady i can't even imagine (laughs) um yeah thank you so much that's okay loved it Thank you so much for listening to Ebony's episode. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you're interested in sharing your postpartum experience, please send me a message either on Instagram or my email. I would absolutely love to hear from you. My Instagram again is at the Project, and my email is thepostpartyproject at gmail.com.